Tea Student Money Management Center podcast that explores everything you need to know to be financially successful in college and beyond. Since it's about to be finals, we thought that this week would be an appropriate time to look at stress and stress management. So in this episode, I interview two professionals from our neighbors, the Counseling and Testing Center, about how to successfully manage stress. Hope you enjoy! Can you each introduce yourselves and tell me a little bit about your role here? Absolutely. Hi, I'm Miriam Reynolds. I'm a counselor and an art therapist. My name is Anadalia Salceda. My pronouns are she, her, hers. I'm a psychologist and the multicultural coordinator. Awesome. Thanks, guys. So at the time we're recording, it's about to be finals in a couple weeks. Graduation is coming up, and I'm sure there are a lot of other things as well that can easily become overwhelming. So knowing that all of these things are coming, are there any kind of preventative measures that we can take now to stop those things from completely overwhelming us? Would you like to go first? Uh, I mean, the first thing that came to mind is uh, you you can't really prevent anything if you're completely unaware that you are freaking out, stressing out. So a lot of things that we encourage is for folks to be mindful of, um, to be present, to be mindful of their bodies, um, their feelings, their thoughts, their surroundings. Because really, we see a lot of folks when they come in here and say, I'm not feeling like myself, or I'm not on top of things like I normally am. Something's off. And they recognize that because they've paid attention in, in some way. So that's kind of the overall, but I don't know if there's, you have like specifics. Yeah, I think the first sign, like for me personally, and I try to, I try to teach students from my own personal experience as much as I can, because I feel like. It, it's just, I don't know, it seems it seems more real or more personal or something to, to say this is these are the techniques that I use. But for me, the first kind of sign, like you were saying, kind of the, the sign that things are about to get kind of, um, or that just I'm feeling stressed or that things are about to get kind of, kind of rough is just irritability. And that doesn't necessarily seem like a sign of stress that much unless you really think about it, I think. But that's when I know that I need to do something about it is if I start to feel irritable, like quick tempered. Yeah, totally. So that's how I know. That's how I know it's time to sort of take stock, see what's going on, take a beat just to just to figure out what's happening and what I can do. So I think that's the first. That's a good one. Yeah, that's kind of the first step, I think, is just identify what's going on. And then I think, too, then when you're taking stock, figure out if there's something you can do about this or not, right? So sometimes we can't really do much about our school expectations, but we can prepare, right? So then doing something sort of starts to feel like... You know, that's going to be helpful in some way. Not exactly stress management, but we can get more into some techniques in a minute. And I know also in our office, we're seeing a lot of students uh, facing that third payment deadline coming up, mm. dealing with a lot of financial stress. Are there ways where you can work with students or things that they might be able to uh, think about that help kind of, they, they know they're going to have those financial stressors, but help it not get in the way of their academic performance and focusing on the primary reason they're here and in college? <laughs> I um I appreciate how stressful that is. So that's why I was kind of like, ooh, yeah, okay. I I think um I kind of think that we have to do similar things no matter what the stress is, whether it's financial or any other kind of stress. So I don't know if I have anything specific for financial. Maybe do you think? Uh, yeah. To to me, financial stress brings a lot of shame. Um, it's mm. it's one of the things people don't like to address directly. Um, same thing with grades. Like people don't want to tell me what their grades are. Like, I don't know. I haven't checked my 
canvas or something. I, was like, <laughs> I don't know. I haven't checked my bank account. Uh, like there's some avoidance strategy when it comes to, to shame, anything attached to shame. And to me, money is a big one. Um, there's a lot of students who are struggling and don't want to share that they're struggling, don't want to ask for help in their struggle. And so a lot of the techniques we have is about shame resiliency and what to do about that feeling, that really nasty feeling of shame that is a big barrier to productivity and getting anything done. So uh, that can look like a couple of things. Naming is the first thing, is knowing that this is what's happening um, and this is what's getting in the way. And then I lean hard into the approaching. Like, if the strategy has been avoiding, then I'm like, bring up your bank account right now or bring up your grades right now. Like, let's look at, we're here, I'm with you, I'm not going anywhere, let's just look into it. And a lot of the times we are challenging things that are irrational thoughts or irrational fears. So uh, is it as bad as we thought? And if so, what are our resources? So we can't, it's like taking stock again. Like, we can't really move forward unless we know what we're looking at. And shame is the one thing we got to get rid of first. That kind of leads into one of my favorite stress management techniques too, if I can just like segue off of that. And that's just connection is um, kind of an underrated stress management technique, but that sort of even sharing that you have financial stress. So, you know, you have to kind of like name it and get, you know, do get over the shame bit and all of that, not get over it, but, you know, kind of manage that in order to be able to, to connect. But I think that's one of the things that we don't think of. Like, I, like I'm really, really stressed out. I need to, connect with people like that doesn't that's not something that necessarily comes to mind I don't think but um I tell students all the time that that's kind of probably the 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 most helpful thing that you can do when really stressed out is just kind don't of talk to someone it. yeah talk to someone be with it make 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 time even if it's just like getting coffee with a friend or whatever make time to 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 talk about it to connect with people don't try to do that alone is there any way you help students or encourage students to know um besides you who they could be comfortable talking about it to make sure they're talking to, you know, the right friends and not the friends that are going to make them feel worse about it. I mean, what I tell people all the time is that I think that, I think that they're the best judge of who, you know, you can tell when you share something with someone if you're, if you're getting support or if that friend's able to support you in that moment. So I hear all the time from students, like, I don't want to bother my friends, you know, like they're stressed out too. I don't even want to share it with them. And I'm like, oh, I don't know. I think you can tell, you can start a conversation and you can really quickly be able to tell, like, is this person able to have a conversation with me or are they not? And if they're not, then I think try a different friend. Um, maybe that's a little simplistic, but I mean, I think you can tell. Yeah, I get cognitive with it. Like, uh, where's your evidence? Yeah. So I try to figure out, like, <laughs> Um, well, I don't want to tell this person or I don't want to reach out for help and I'll try to figure out, is that sh- shame or some sort of embarrassment and things like that? Or like, what, what makes you say that? What, like, why can't you talk to your mom and things like that? So I'll, I'll ask a little mm-hmm. bit more sifting through what's the rationale behind sharing and not sharing. Um, if there's evidence, quotes, um, that folks have been very trustworthy, uh, have been supportive in the past. Usually that's my sign that maybe we should give it a, a bit of a vulnerability risk mm-hmm. there. The other thing is just go talk to professionals. So luckily student money management is right next door to us. Um, and so there's other folks on campus who are, you know, they're, they're there to do this kind of conversation. They're there to have these. So those are kind of go-tos as well. Yeah, and I know from talking to students that a lot of times asking for help is that most uncomfortable and hardest part. But hopefully, you know, your experience too, it, it helps 
when there are people in their lives that are able to help. And I know if it was my friend, then I would much rather them talk to me than me find out two years later that they were going through something really mm-hmm. difficult and they never reached out. And I hope, you know, everybody would have at least yeah. one friend in their lives yeah. like that who would right. be able to and willing to do that. Mm-hmm. But when looking at things, you know, outside of professionals, just kind of browsing online, you see a lot of stuff about like, oh, self-care and maybe it's something fancy like going to a spa and like, ooh, that sounds like I have to spend a lot of money to take care of myself. Mm-hmm. Does taking care of yourself and stress management have to involve things that are expensive and cost money? Absolutely not. Some of the best things I think you can do are absolutely free. So there is, there is some of the kind of self-care that feels like, Ooh, bubble baths and massages and, you know, that kind of thing. But some of it's really basic. I mean, some of it's just like, you know, resting, right? Just like making sure you get enough sleep, make sure you spend time with friends, you know, like cuddle up with your jammies and, you know, and a warm blanket and like read for 10 minutes before you go to sleep. I mean, so some of it I feel like is really, it's just, it's free. It's right there. It's just figuring out what it is that works for you. And so I think a lot of the stuff that we hear about is the like spa stuff and that stuff is wonderful, but it's, that stuff isn't free. You know, I mean, that's Mm -hmm. a, that's a kind of a special occasion treat or whatever, but I think you can mimic a little bit of that in your home. Right. So you can turn the lights down. You can, I mean, you can burn a candle if you have it, or you can take a bath if you're into that. We joke about bubble baths. Or, oh, yeah. because... It's not appealing to me. <laughs> <laughs> so when I'm saying, like, you know what works for you, it's like, um, yeah, you can watch those YouTube videos or see those lists online, but like, I'd read half of those, like, oh, that just gives me like so much anxiety. Like, kind <laughs> of friends are like, oh, what's up, baths? I'm like bathing in my filth. I don't want to. <laughs> Make everything worse. <laughs> this is bad, mom, like a chemistry experiment. Right? Oh, yeah, I don't like that. Um, and for a lot of the students I I work with as as a multicultural coordinator and LGBT liaison, um, that's a lot of gen- like dysphoria. Gender dysphoria comes up for some of that. So some of the or you see all the dis- like the differences that come with these suggestions. I'm like that wouldn't work for everybody. That wouldn't work for a client who's dealing with this. That wouldn't work for a client dealing with that. And so some of it is we, we try to tailor what it is that, that, again, the evidence, what has the client already done, what has the student already done in the past that has worked? When you were feeling most yourself or more energized, what were you doing? Ah, I was rock climbing at the gym. Great. Uh, I was hanging out with my friends and we were just cracking jokes at this Netflix show. Cool. So we just start kind of writing that down or just taking note of all those things that they did that were relatively free or already included in their student services. Love that. Yeah. And besides kind of looking back at things that have made you calm in the past or some of the simple techniques like taking the time to sit down and read a book, what are some of your favorite ways to manage stress? Oh, okay. So I think, I think when I talk to students and just in my own life, I've noticed that it's either right before bed or first thing in the morning that people feel, and I know this probably sound a little bit strange, but in, in talking to people, it's that, I call it the witching hour. After everything's done for the night and you're about to go to sleep, that period of time seems to be where all of the stress and anxiety just kind of boils up. Or you've had not very restful sleep and you wake up the morning like, what do I need to do right now? You know, kind of panicked in the morning. So kind of have different things for those time periods. But the part right before bed, that's where I feel like kind of that free stuff can kind of 
you know, be really helpful. So really like take the time to do like a little bit of like sleep hygiene where you prepare your sleep space and you get the nice lights and you do the, you know, you brush your teeth and wash your face, do all that stuff. That's like calming, you know, and kind of ritualize before bed. I mean, if you think about what we do for like little kids when we're getting them ready for bed, it's kind of the same thing. They, they take a bath, they put on the gym, you know, all these kind of like soothing kind of childhood things. We kind of need to do that for ourselves as adults to kind of soothe. And I'm kind of a big fan too of like, writing whatever is on our mind down before we go to bed or sometimes around that, just so we're not thinking about it all the time or we're not trying to remember things for the next day. So I like to sort of clear the mind, do the ritual things, get ready for bed. And then I think again, like, you know, just listening to, I don't know, like a, um, either like, I don't know, kind of a relaxation kind of thing, like either white noise. Sometimes it's rainstorms. Sometimes it's like a guided meditation. I think that stuff, if we're really, really stressed and we have a really active mind, those kinds of things are helpful because it gives your mind something to focus on and not just sitting there trying to remember everything you have to do and all the stress you have and all the bills you have, you know, it's just, it's just a way to sort of give your mind a little something to do, but it's kind of relaxing. And then you can kind of hopefully fall into like a more peaceful kind of a sleep. Okay. Yeah. And then the morning stuff is a little bit different because then you got to like make a little time to deal with that in the morning. Yeah. Get yourself caught. Yeah, exactly. And try time. to, try to, you know, to relax in the morning. In preparation. Yeah. And Alyssa says, get up 30 minutes earlier and do this. Like, mm. Listen. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. This was supposed to do something for me. <laughs> yeah. I had something uh, similar. Uh, and I'm surprised, Miriam, you know, we are surrounded, we're in Miriam's office as the art therapist, surrounded by art and a lot of cool art supplies. Uh, one of my favorite things to, to take care of myself is to play or create. Because I, I think a lot of the things that we're doing are very much based in our responsibilities and things like that. And part of my uh, relaxation is to, to get, not completely avoid it, but to do something different than what I normally do to kind of re-energize. A lot of the work that I do doesn't allow me to be creative or explore this whole other side of my brain. Um, and a lot of that's free. Like a, this a weekend, uh, my partner and I um, made our own holiday decorations, like from scratch, which was really cool. Um, and that was, we really just pulled stuff from around the house, um, and we had some color pencils. So that was that was free to me. Uh, anytime there's a swing, I'm on it. Like, <laughs> I'll, I will tell folks like like you know play aggression yeah. sometimes is okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, yeah, uh, like, yeah, something to just be a little bit more playful because I think some of it is like you, the pressure to kind of grow up adult and all that. But when we we can also lose this side of us that encouraged us to play and relax and and be authentic, and that's that's the best part of childlike stuff is to play. So. Absolutely. I actually had a student recently who was like, I don't have time to draw. Like, I would love that. It would be really helpful. And I'm like, no, no, no. You're thinking of drawing, like making a drawing or completing a drawing. I'm thinking of drawing as like a 15 minute coping situation. So the student made time for it and then came back and reported that it actually really helped. And I was really pleased about that. I think they were even like doing it on the bus. You know what I mean? Just like a notebook and a piece of paper, just taking like 10 minutes to sort of like, like you said, use a different part of your brain, kind of just I don't know. It takes you somewhere else. Expression is always good. Yeah. I can't believe I didn't say that first right off the bat. That's so funny. Of course, creative expression. But but even just again, like 10 minutes, 15 minutes, we're not talking about like, you know, do more homework kind of a thing, you know, then have to spend all this time and this big setup and money and whatever. No, it's just, you know, you can on your notebook with a pencil. It's the act of doing it. 
You know, I, I actually equate a lot of what we, we try to do in regards to uh, time is money, and it's how you spend it. So a lot of the time is, I'll, I'll hear that same thing, I don't have time, mm -hmm. and we break it down like, the, all right, how much, do you, how much time do you think you need to, to doodle? Um, and what else would you be doing? Would you just be mindlessly scrolling on, on Facebook or your tweeters? Yeah. Twitters? Yeah. And, um, or could you be spending like a concentrated 15, 20 minutes doing something that's going to be giving you energy back or focus back? And that's, I think, what a lot of people are looking for with self-care. So. Absolutely. So if you're experiencing a lot of stress in your life, and maybe you tried some of these techniques and maybe they're working, maybe they're not. How do you know if it's stress where you just need something like a little bit more time to do art or a better bedtime routine, or if it's something where you really need to seek help and talk to a professional about what's going on in your life? I think, I think if that stuff isn't working, I think is the, is real critical. So if you've tried, if you've tried getting more sleep, you've tried going to the rec, trying to work out, you know, trying to do some bedtime stuff, trying to use your coping tools, you know, whatever works for you. And you're still feeling really not yourself or really bad in some way, then I think call us definitely come by and talk to us and, and see, um, see if we can come up with something else or if there is something else going on. Um, our, our rule of thumb is, you know, everybody gets the blues, right? Everybody kind of has that bad day or, or things like that or get in a slump. But it, when it starts to impede your functioning and we look at areas of life like school, work, relationships, your daily functioning like sleep and eating, that's our big red flags for me. It's it's gone beyond the normal like I'm stressed out. I need help because I normally am a pretty good student and now I don't want to go to class. I'm usually like um, the friend who's talking to everybody and now I don't want to talk to anybody. So some of the things that just kind of feel like they're again off or you're not yourself anymore um, are the are the red flags. For Miriam, she mentioned irritability. For me, it's isolation or not wanting to do things I normally like to do. What can a student expect when they come in here for the first time? So we do, we have people fill out a lot of paperwork at the beginning with some kind of a questionnaire that kind of helps us assess where people are. Um, it's just a snapshot. It's not necessarily you know, supremely diagnostic or anything. It's just kind of a snapshot where someone has a lot of questions. And then we sit and talk to them for um, about an hour and kind of see what's going on, see what we can do to help kind of make a plan from there. So that's usually the very first appointment. But in order to get that appointment, somebody can call, somebody can walk in. Um, and we, we see people that way. Yeah, that's great. All right. What if it's not you, maybe you're doing okay with things, but you see a friend who seems a little bit off, a little bit not like themselves you think there might be some things stressing them out. How do you help if you see a friend in that situation? You know, I have a lot of students that tell me that they're here because their friend said that they suggested it or were strongly suggested it even sometimes. Um, so I think that, I mean, I think that's something you could do for a friend. You could say, you know, there is this play. You could go to counseling and testing and talk to someone if, if you think that's helpful. I think that, I think that kind of stuff sometimes is pretty well received from someone that, you know, that cares about you and that is concerned. Yeah. Are there good and bad ways to approach that conversation with a friend? Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What are you thinking of? Uh, I've heard all the bad. 
personally and professionally, you know, get it together. Like, yeah. what's wrong with you? Snap out of it. All, all the things. Oh, right, right. Uh, you need help. Or, uh, to the point where it's like lacking <laughs> vulnerability and empathy from the person who's trying to, trying to, kind of like they want the problem to go away. If there's any kind of language that implies that the person in struggle um, is burdensome or, or burdensome or, or beyond repair, broken, mm. um, or or delusional in the fact that they're that they're struggling, like, what do you mean? You have this, this, and that, or what do you oh, mean? Right. Uh, you're not dep- like yeah. really dismissive. Any kind of language that does that, totally. <laughs> I guess I've recently talked to students who had a really kind of caring conversation oh, with someone that, that, yeah, I haven't had so much of that recently, but just the where, where they're like, someone's concerned and they're saying, do this. And it sort of is destigmatizing in a sense of someone that you care about says, go talk to a counselor. I did it before and it wasn't so bad. You know, I think that kind of stuff is super helpful. Um, yeah, not la, you need help, but more just like, Hey, you know, like, like it, like it's okay to go get help. And I have a lot of, I'll have a lot of students recently who've said that someone that they care about has, has suggested it for them. And so I don't know. I, just it depends on notice. how you say it. Yeah. Just say you notice and just say you care. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that you would support them. <laughs> okay. So as long as it's coming from a place of, Hey, I care about you and not a place of, Hey, you should annoying me yeah. not being yourself go <laughs> go figure this out your irritability and isolation is really good. yeah exactly exactly <laughs> um, i get it <laughs> so what personally stresses you out and how do you deal with that oh wow okay so for me not knowing how a problem is going to be solved stresses me out a lot so if i can't see the solution in that moment um, and most of the time we can't, if we could see the solution really easily, there probably wouldn't be a problem. So I think that there's a certain amount of kind of like mindfulness and patience that comes with dealing with, with even medium sized things. I was going to say big things, but I think anything. So just kind of knowing that there is a solution is something's going to, something's going to happen with it. You know, it's going to get resolved one way or the other. And maybe I don't know what that is right now. And that's okay. Just like keep moving, keep working kind of a thing. And just don't, don't stress about a solution that I can't figure out what it is right now, mm. you know, because they're just, you might not be able to figure it out in that exact moment. And, and that whole, that feeling of just like, ah, you know, I can't sit with the not knowing of what, how it's going to work out, you know, mm. it will one way or the other, you know? So I don't know. That's something for me, just kind of like a little perspective, a little step back, a little, like, I don't need to know. I don't need to know the answers right now. I'm just going to keep moving. Uh, just keep swimming. And hope. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I would say mine is uh, anything relational. So any mm-hmm. kind of relationship that's struggling, disconnected in conflict. I know a lot of students come in with that too, whether it's parents or romantic partners or friends, roommates, <laughs> uh, any, yeah, any kind of relationship has a lot of that stuff tied in because, um, it's that thing of what we can tr- control and what we can't mm-hmm. a little stuff going on with me. Got it. Maybe stuff going on with someone else in my relationships. That's harder. I cannot control another person and what they feel and what they're saying to me. And so a lot of that is very similar. I'm assessing a little bit of, of uh, the nature of the relationship and if it's healthy or not and if there's anything I can do to correct it or if this is something I need to cut, cut, mm. cut let go, mm-hmm. uh, reestablish boundaries, things like that. Um, but yeah, try to figure what, what, what that, what's going on there. 
Thanks for sharing that, because I think, at least for me, a lot of the fear with ever going to see a professional about anything is there going to be somebody who has all the answers, who never struggles, and then I'm just going to seem silly for any kind of problem that I have. So I think knowing that you guys are also humans who have lived through some of this stuff and can speak from experience and your professional knowledge Mm -hmm. might remove some of that intimidation of going to see a professional for help about something. We try to be pretty human around here. Yeah, I think so. (laughs) Uh, Is there anything else that I haven't asked you about that you wanted to share? Hmm. Well, we got a couple of resources. I think uh, just to make sure folks know that our services are free, meaning that you've already paid for it through student service fees. But within that, it's that initial consultation that Miriam mentioned uh, where you're getting assessed. But we also have a lot of groups and workshops that help with some of the things we mentioned. So we uh, getting with something cuddly and soothing. We have dog groups. We do. Um, same thing with our expression groups that Miriam has. And that's about being creative and unlocking a different part of your brain. Or if speaking isn't the way you communicate. Um, so knowing that the, those types of services are, are also here to, to kind of broaden, I guess, the expectation of when you come here that therapy or something therapeutic and helpful only has to look one way. Yeah, it looks lots of different ways around here. So yeah, that's great. I appreciate that. That um, that schedule is available on our website too. Uh, Counselingtesting.unt.edu. That's right. Sure, that sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> I'll make sure to find the link and put it in the show notes in case that's not right. But something like that should get you there. Yeah, Google UNT Counseling and Testing. <laughs> so helpful with our resources. I know the phone number. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much for coming and talking to us today. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Really awesome. Thank and you. I think, uh, we got a lot of good tips and advice with stress management. Mm-hmm. Cool. Take care. Once again, those were two professionals from the Counseling and Testing Center discussing stress management. For more information about the Counseling and Testing Center, you can visit counselingandtesting.unt.edu or visit their office in Chestnut Hall. If you like this episode, please subscribe and share with your friends. If you have any ideas or suggestions for the show, you can email us at moneymanagement at unt.edu. Thank you for listening, and I hope you have a wonderful week.